Hello Legends and welcome to the fourth episode of the Lowdown for the school year of 2019 to 2020. My name is Ryan Q and joined by me include my co-hosts David Yao and Hanson Shu. In today's special podcast, you'll be interviewing the one and only athletic director, Mrs. Graybow, and the fine arts department head, Mr. Blackwell. Both of these teachers have worked extremely hard this year to provide guidance and support to our Lynn Osborne athletes and artists this year. That's right, David. And because of this, 2020 was another successful year for our student athletes and artists. In our interviews, Ms. Grable and Mr. Blackwell will wrap up the athletics and artists accomplishments of 2020 respectively here at Lillian Osborne. Just a quick announcement for all graduates listening to this podcast today. There is a virtual graduation ceremony this evening at 7 p.m. You can access it through the link found on Google Classroom for graduation. So tonight with your family members, don't forget snacks and enjoy. Congratulations to all of you. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome our first guest, Ms. Grable. Not only is she a gym teacher, but also the volleyball and handball coach. Hello, Ms. Grable. How have you been? Hi, Hanson. I'm doing really well. Thanks. Well, I guess as well as you can expect in online phys ed education. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely like a really strange time that we're in. Definitely a lot of adapting to do. Yeah, I don't know if anyone would have told me this would be what would happen in 2020 if I would have ever believed them. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It feels like we're in like in a movie right now, kind of. It does. It's surreal. In, uh, in January, when I watched it on the news and they talked about Wuhan, I didn't even know where it was. Um, and I had no clue that it would be something that would ever come here, you know, that would uh, affect our daily lives to the fact that, you know, to the extent that we wouldn't have school or sports or anything for, you know, the past three months. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely like a very, very widespread issue. Lack of physical activity, going to the gyms every day, and it's definitely like more boring for sure. Well, it's tough when they close all the gyms and, you know, things like that, rec centers and stuff still officially aren't open and, uh, so I think people have found some creative ways to try and stay as active as they could. But, you know, when when you rely a lot on team sports or things like that and, you know, you're told to stay away from people and things like that, it, uh, yeah, you get a little lonely, I think. Yeah, that's what really sucks. Just not being able to meet up with a lot of people. Yeah, it was very nice to be at school last week for the grad pickup days and get to see kids because I'm, uh, again, I'm used to living at school for you know, 10 to 14 hours a day. And uh, although my dogs are very happy, I'm home a lot. It uh, I definitely miss being at school around kids. Yeah. So um, just moving forward a bit, uh, this may be a bit late, but we would all like to congratulate you for being awarded the female coach of the decade from Alberta team handball. I know this was awarded in January, but we'd still like to put this out there for you. Not a problem. Thanks, Ryan. It, uh, yeah, it was very nice to be honored with that. And, uh, you know, Osborne's played a big part in that the five years that I've now been at Osborne, um, you know, minus unfortunately this season, but to uh, have the boys, I guess they're still defending provincial champs for another year. So I'll take that one. Mm-hmm. And I'll just so listeners know a bit more about you. What do you love about sports the most? What do I love about sports? I think I love the relationship piece, the, you know, the working with your teammates, coaches, athletes, you know, everyone working together towards a common goal. And that goal isn't always winning. Uh, you know, it's developing those skills that hopefully you can take off the court into life, sportsmanship, teamwork, cooperation, leadership, all of those things. So I think the, the avenue that sports provide for student athletes to develop as a whole person, to me, those are probably the best parts that I enjoy about being involved with sports. Mm-hmm. And Amit, do you have a favorite sport that you like to coach or even play yourself? 
Uh, I think if I said anything other than handball, people would call me out on that one. So, uh, no, I, handball is probably my love. I, I had so many opportunities to play on a provincial and national level and got to travel the world with it. And, uh, you know, if you ask, especially the girls, what type of coach I am, how different I am from the volleyball court to the handball court, they tell me I'm not even the same person. So the intensity level, I think, changes a little bit, but I do love coaching um, all of the sports that I'm involved with. But yeah, handball is definitely my uh, where my heart lies. So, um, you know, with COVID-19 and all, how do you think uh, or how has um, the pandemic changed like your teaching style um, with Google Classroom and everything? Like, how have you adapted uh, your teaching? Uh, I don't know. I hope to like to say I hope I've adapted it. Um, I think, you know, again, we being a physical activity course and trying to run that online, we're relying a lot on kids to find ways themselves to get active. So as much as we can suggest mm-hmm. things, uh, there's no real way, you know, it's hard to be accountable, um, to hold them as accountable as you would in a classroom. I think the, you know, for me, the benefit, at least we did have six weeks of the semester. So a lot of kids, we were able to see enough of their, you know, physical skills that if they were able to demonstrate some type of daily activity log or something, we've, you know, taken that at face value. Uh, for me, I've tried to do, you know, the occasional Google meet with some of them, although, they told me 11 a.m. was too early, so we now do them at 2 in the <laughs> afternoon. Um, and I still get about 10 of them, you know, 10 out of 35. <laughs> so, you know, 33% of them. Uh, I know it's not math or science, so my percentages are a lot lower. But uh, trying to find some fun ways just to interact. Again, relationship piece, the physical activity, it is what it is. But we play some online games and, you know, try and find some ways that the kids can just interact with each other and I get a chance to see them. Uh, that's kind of been the, the the most positive piece of it was, yeah. To, and they even turned their cameras on for my class. And they tell me it's because they like gym. So, yeah, that's that's really impressive. You know, a lot of my classes, at least, uh, pretty much like the entire class has their cameras turned off, and only one or two people keep them on. And it's like the same one and two, one or two people that keep them on in other classes as well. Yeah, trust me, as a teacher, when you're staring at a screen of all black boxes, it's a little awkward. Uh, but I think the most awkward part is that you know. 159 when nobody else is logged in yet and your meet starts at two and you sit there wondering if anyone's going to show up i think that's the biggest fear right now yeah yeah online learning is really really tough to find motivation in for a lot of people me personally like i i understand why a lot of people just don't want to go to class sometimes but I, I try to make my best effort, always go, finish every single assignment, of course. But the environment's just absolutely not the same as being in school, being able to go outside, do whatever you want, mostly. Yeah, I would agree. And, and there, you know, there are some kids who online learning is, ide- you know, they're probably thriving and enjoying it because they can do things at their own pace. But I think the majority of kids enjoy the interaction with their classmates and their teachers. And, you know, I think that uh, maybe some kids that took uh, going to school for granted now realize that maybe it wasn't so bad yeah i think all of us here did for sure (laughs) yeah moving forward um what are some of your most memorable coaching experiences that you've had this year or maybe in the past previous years as well uh if i think about just osborne itself uh this year my best uh experience and you know memorable thing would be the volleyball girls winning their back-to-back city championships uh so that was really special so what the fall looks like. I'm hoping we get to play at some point next year and, you know, the girls can look to move up uh, up a division because they've had so much success. And so building that program uh, from, you know, a middle of the team, middle of the tier uh, three pack kind of thing to the top the last couple of years, I think has been something I'm really proud of. And a lot of those girls have put a lot of, uh, a lot of effort into that. So I'm really proud of them. And 
and again, obviously the handball success the past couple of years, you know, or past few years with the girls being in the last two provincial finals and the boys winning three straight. Um, those ones are great. And, you know, again, I get to be involved with our track and field team and that's, you know, fun too, seeing those kids do well and uh, football, having back-to-back -back games at Commonwealth Stadium. I know I'm not coaching, but I get to be on those. Mr. Leong lets me be on the sideline for those. So those have been some pretty cool memories to see the football guys get to play at Commonwealth Stadium and stuff for sure. And I think, you know, this year, honestly, it wasn't my team, but I think one of my favorite memories would have been, you know, 48 hours before COVID, you know, hit hit our world was the basketball, the boys basketball game when uh, they hosted FX for a shot at Provincials and, you know, 500 people in the gym and they gave it their best effort and they had a great season. So I think, you know, leaving it on that and knowing that 48 hours later we weren't in school, I think that was a pretty high note despite them losing the game. But I think it was a, you know, a great season for them. I think that was a great way to finish it off. Yeah, and ultimately all these team sports have so much growth as well that like an individual can go through in terms of like personality, teamwork, everything. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, a lot of our programs have shown tons of growth in the, you know, the past few years as a, I mean, being such, still such a relatively new school, I think, you know, watching our teams develop and, you know, be successful and draw, you know, more successful athletes from some of the junior highs and things like that. I think it only, you know, says great things, you know, where we're going for in the future. You know, we've got a wonderful gym to play in now, thanks to, you know, Mr. Redmanovich and uh, Mr. Grodiak's uh, logos and designs and everything and, you know, the video boards. And it's a, it's a pretty cool place to call home, I think, when you're playing in the gym at Osborne. Yeah, of course. It's, our gym is a much more unique experience compared to other gyms with our personalized, like, um, images that we put up every time someone scores, all of our scoreboards and all that. Yeah, yeah for, totally. For, for sure. It looks a lot different in pictures than it did, uh, you know, a year and a half ago. You know, like a lot of the times when like my friends from other schools come and watch our school games, um, like one of the first things they always point out is how like nice the gym is. And it's we're really lucky to have like um, a really cool setup in the gym for sure. Yeah, no, now we just got to hope that that, uh, like you said, the, the graphics and the things we can put up on the video boards maybe draws some more of our own student body, you know, to come out and watch some games. And again, you know, when we are allowed to play and when we're allowed spectators back in a venue. So we'll uh, hope that everyone comes back in full force when we're allowed to. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, moving on, uh, what are some of the biggest accomplishments and challenges that our legends went through this year? Uh, again, I think some of the accomplishments I touched on, you know, as we were talking about volleyball girls uh, having a wonderful season, football guys moving up a division and making a championship game again. Um, you know, indoor soccer went back up to tier one, which for them was great after winning tier two last year. Uh, our cheer team was poised to have a great uh, run at zones, which got canceled just before they got there. Again, like I said, senior men's basketball team had a great year. Um, senior women's basketball team moved up a division and they made the semifinals. We, you know, we had a lot of really, really good things to be proud of this year. And, you know, I think we would have had some great seasons, you know, with handball, badminton, uh, rugby, outdoor soccer and track and field still to come. I think we had a lot of opportunities to see even more success in those uh, programs there. And again, you know, it, uh, I think the challenges, you know, again, are, are similar from year to year. Um, you know, a little bit of rebuilding with some of our, you know, junior uh, volleyball and basketball teams, a little bit more of a rebuilding year for some of them. But uh, I don't know if that's, you know, Sometimes what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So challenges, I think, are always a good thing. Uh, so I think as long as everyone can take that and use it to improve, I think that uh, in sports, you're never going to have, you know, all successes. I think a lot of times you learn more from those challenges or, or you know, uh, I don't want to say failures, but again, challenges is a good word. 
as well moving forward a bit um during this pandemic a lot of the clubs in our school are canceled for the year one of them being minions which you're actually the head of so because many of our executives including myself and hansen are graduating can you explain to them or, sorry can you explain to the future lily osborne students what minions entails and as well how to join as well for sure uh so the minions are a group that uh, makes my life uh, so much easier they are uh, it's an amazing group of our uh, osborne students who have kind of, um, I guess, evolved into mostly being supportive of our athletic tournaments and ventures. So the uh, minions are the ones that help with all of the scorekeeping and running our concession. And if, you know, we do have any type of ticket taking or security requirements for any of our events, the minions are the ones that head that up. Uh, usually the group of the minions has made up a lot of our grade 10 students who are trying to get their volunteer hours for the, uh, for, uh, what is it called? Team leadership or le leadership course. Um, that the grade 10s all take. And then from that group, we generally have some that stick around for 11 and 12, like yourself and Hanson, who become our executive. And they're the ones that do the scheduling and the training. And, uh, you know, a lot of those components, um, pricing for all of the concession things, the, you know, deposits, money, things like that. Um, all those things that, you know, to run a tournament that nobody sees that are all the behind the scenes thing, that if they don't go well, you know, it's tough for us to pull off some really successful events. And uh, to join it, it's, you know, we take anyone that's willing to, commit to being there and follow through and you know anytime they're scheduled for something and usually in september we have a meeting and put out a google classroom and it's you know it's tournament by tournament no one's committed to you know having to do every single one but based on their availability signing up uh, a weekend at a time and it's again you know it's a way to be a part of some of our school events without actually being on some of our teams Absolutely. Um, scorekeeping a lot of the regular season games as a minion executive and as well as the tournament games, they're really exciting. You get to skip class sometimes during um, the uh, during the tournaments days at school. So that's maybe a perk if you if you don't want to go. But um, you I don't you think that's what you're supposed to sell. people. <laughs> but yes, yeah, there are right. games that fall during the school day. And like you mentioned, scorekeeping the regular season game, that's usually an advantage for the minions executive members. Uh, and they get paid for those ones. So the, you know, weekends and stuff, a lot of the time commitment is volunteer, but we try and reward you guys with some opportunities to, you know, make a little bit of money back on the other other side of things. Yeah, of course. Scorekeeping, scorekeeping games is really fun as well. You get to watch the whole game in every single detail possible. So You mean when you don't have the second screen on your, like, biochemistry or uh, Shakespeare or something that you're studying while we're watching <laughs> while the game's going on? I only have that up before before the games. That's fair. So yeah, if um, anybody wants to join Minions, you can always join if you're coming to Lillian or if you're already in Lillian, you can always volunteer. We take anybody, we'll always train you and we'll provide food for you during tournament days as well. Yeah, I think that's a great summary of, uh, of what the Minions are about. And again, anyone that has, ever has any questions can stop by the Phys Ed office once we're back in the building or send me an email. All right, sounds good. Um, so I think we're going to move on to the very last question. Um, and with that being said, you know, we saw the Osborne sports video, all three of us, and we really want to thank you, uh, for delivering your behalf of the announcement, uh, despite the current pandemic, um, for those who haven't already seen it, you can find the athletic awards video on school zone under the school news section. And so, um, with that in mind, we were just wondering, how was it like filming the award session rather than actually doing it in person? 
Um, it was very different. Uh, Mr. Adair didn't wear dress pants. He wore shorts and a dress shirt because they only filmed from waist up. Uh, so you know, there were a few little, uh, little behind the scenes secrets. Um, we were allowed to, you know, have several takes and, uh, you know, we had a teleprompter. So when you watch us, it's, you know, if you focus too much, you don't see our eyes moving very much, but we, uh, did our best to try and have some type of, uh, you know, expression. And, uh, the, the, uh, camera guy told, uh, Miss Fallowfield and I that, you know, he thought that we did the best job. So Miss Fallowfield and I'll take that one. Um, but no, it was weird not having kids there, not getting to see the kids' reactions. Uh, you know, that's a big part of the coaching, you know, is getting to celebrate those accomplishments with your athletes and to have to do it through a TV screen was strange. But again, like I said, in the video, you know, the cleanup and the setup and takedown were so much easier. But uh, yeah, we're really hoping that that, you know, and it, it was unfortunate too. It's hard to, you know, I think that relives it for some of the kids who lost their seasons this year, um, you know, that they didn't get to play. And so obviously we didn't present awards in those categories. Uh, we still did present our major awards based on what uh, our our athletes had done up to that point or what we had anticipated them doing. And mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I think the reception was really good. We've heard from quite a few kids that did watch them. Uh, I know some of them fast forwarded to the teams that they're on and, <laughs> and which I have no problem with. And uh, again, I was lucky enough. I did get to celebrate and watch it uh, with our legend winners, uh, Corbin Gegenbach and Arjun Dalawal. I was uh, fortunate enough to be with them and their families and, uh, you know, got to, get a couple photos and award them with the trophies and stuff. So that was a nice bonus. Uh, but I would have obviously loved to be in the gym with all of our athletes and not just our winners, but all of our athletes to celebrate the amazing seasons that we had. But uh, th I, you know, thank you to my, all the coaches because every coach came in and did their speeches and, and, you know, did that. And some of them are delivering the plaques to athletes and things as well. So it, uh, I'm glad we still were able to do it, but yes, it was very strange. And I hope that uh, we don't do that. That's not one of the changes I hope sticks around going forward. Mm -hmm, for sure. Well, we're really glad that you guys still managed to produce a video. The quality was excellent. Um, and despite like the setbacks of not being able to do it in person, I'm sure the reactions of the students who watched it, uh, especially the athletes themselves, were, uh, you know, pretty much what you would expect um, if like they had it in person. Like I'm pretty sure many athletes were very grateful for the video as well. So uh, well, thank, thank you once again for taking part in it. Well, thank you very much. And like I said, you know, I know there's so much uncertainty in terms of what the fall looks like for school and what it looks like for athletics. And, you know, I wish I had answers, um, but I, you know, don't have anything right now. All of the sports are, you know, on hold until we get more information from, you know, Alberta Health Services. They kind of are going to dictate everything. Uh, from there, it'll be up to the ASAA and Metro, you know, to go forward. And again, a lot of it's going to depend on, you know, school to school and school board to school board as to what's allowed within the health restrictions so as much as I would love to tell everyone, you know, we'll be back to normal on the fields and courts in September. I just really don't know. It's going to be so much of a day-to-day -day thing between now and then and, you know, adjusting and reacting to different decisions as they get made. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, hopefully this pandemic can, we can pull through, get over it quickly, and then we can get back to our normal day lives with athletics as well. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if quickly is going to be the right word. We're already three months in, Ryan, but, you know. <laughs> We're getting yeah. there. Slowly but surely. Agreed. Like they say, we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. So just to wrap it up, that's all the questions we have for you today. So um, despite the setbath, setbacks in athletics, we've experienced a significant year of growth 
and success with all of our athletes as well. We thank you for being a great coach towards all of our athletes at our school and for your interview today on today's podcast. Well, I appreciate you guys inviting me to the podcast. You guys have been doing a fantastic job with this and hopefully the Osborne students and staff that are listening appreciate all the work and effort you guys are putting into uh, delivering this content out to our staff and students. So thank you guys very much. It's our pleasure. Thank you for being on today. Thanks, guys. You did a great job. You had great questions and flowed very well. You guys did a really good job. Thank you. Thank you. Our next guest is Mr. Blackwell. Not only is he the department head of creative arts, but he also teaches drama, guitar, and musical theater. Hi, Mr. Blackwell. How are you doing hey. today? Good. How are you guys? We're great. Long time listener, first time talker. This podcast is going to be like really casual, so no worries. Um, so just you know, first of all, I want. I want to just point out how impressive it is that like you teach so many subjects um, and you know what made you choose to teach so many subjects <laughs> oh well you know, on one hand it's kind of like uh, necessity being the mother of invention sort of you know like I've I've been teaching for 12 years and a lot of that time if you're a fine arts kind of person like you kind of just get sort of lost into all sorts of different scenarios like I'm from Regina originally, and so, you know, one year I actually taught, like, sewing. It, like, just, uh, a lot of times you just kind of get asked to do stuff, and then it's a matter of, like, figuring out how to do it. And so uh, that's that's definitely part of it. But the other thing, too, is just, like, um, I'm a person who has a lot of disparate interests. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a band. I play music a lot. I write songs. Um, I've acted. I've done, you know, uh, I did AP art in high school, so I've done some visual art stuff. I've worked as a graphic designer, so just kind of like picking stuff up here and there, and that's, that's really all it is, is uh, me being unable to commit to one single thing. <laughs> oh, wow. No, that's that's awesome. That's honestly really awesome, you know? Um, being able to like do so many different things and have that commitment to you know almost everything you do um, while doing lots of things yeah I think that's definitely something that like um, you know even I think I should you know try to broaden my uh, horizons when it comes to doing things because I feel like you know for me I'm more like a science oriented kid um, mm. and to be honest like when we uh, plan to interview you we weren't even too sure about like, you know, what the arts uh, faculty at Lillian really entailed because we okay. weren't really immersed in that field. But yeah, sure. yeah, that's uh, you know, to me, it's like even um, for people who are like become engineers or whatever, it's you know, I I personally think like it's good to be a well-rounded person, and like if I look at a a, a bridge or something, like I I feel like an engineer they'll be a better engineer if they sort of understand uh, all sorts of things, right? So the, the arts aren't just like a little enclave. They can really be for anybody. So. Yeah, yeah, I really agree. I, um, I, I think the arts, they never really leave your life, right? You can um, try to learn something different, but um, they're always there because um, like art is a part of life and um, a lot of things, you have to understand art to, to get it. That's right. So um, moving forward sort of from your art experience, um. Starting with sort of the beginning, is there an artist or actor who inspired you to sort of maybe become a fine arts teacher? No, uh, I've got I've got two answers to that, and um, one of them is like 
of I feel like the 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 superhero origin story for pretty much any teacher, which is you know having a good teacher when you're younger. And so, like when I was in grade seven, I had this teacher, uh, Mr. Dozlaw. I don't know if he's gonna listen to this, but I'm gonna shout him out anyways. Uh, he was just like he's just the coolest guy. Like uh, his room was just like absolutely covered in art. Uh, I sat directly underneath this like ceiling tile that had really striking painting of uh, Darth Vader on it that I would just like when I got bored in class I would just like lean back in my chair and look up at it and uh, you know like sometimes when uh, you know, all of the stuff that you're supposed to learn in grade 7 got too boring you would like play like rock and roll trivia and stuff like that and yeah, he directed the plays that I was in in elementary school and I was just like man this guy this guy rules and uh, I would be a very uh, happy person if I could be half as cool as this guy. So, um, Mr. Dozlaw, big, in, big inspiration. And like, side note, I taught in Regina. He uh, subbed for me one time, which was kind of funny. And uh, I saw his like handwriting on the on the blackboard. I was like, that's so weird. It actually turned out that my handwriting looks basically exactly the same as his. So like. I was in grade seven i must have just like stole it from him <laughs> um so that's like that's my real answer uh my semi fake answer um is i am a huge huge fan of nicholas cage i think that he's uh, a wildly underrated actor um i feel like of the last i don't know 40 years he's the only actor who's really kind of like changed the game in terms of how people act and makes a lot of really bad movies but uh every time i see him in a movie i'm just like I'm so happy that nick cage is here those, those are my two answers okay yeah that's cool so um you know it's i find it really interesting how like teachers are a really like awesome source of inspiration i think like everyone here in this podcast has all been inspired by like a teacher at least in one mm. form and you know, it's also funny that, um, you know, like how you guys even like eventually uh, bumped into each other in the future of your guys's or in the future, sorry, um, later on in your careers. I always find that like really interesting. Uh -huh. As like a very, uh, you know, the math, the the apprentice becoming the, the master or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, that's really cool. And um, for Nicolas Cage, I know that he has a lot of movie. Is there like a favorite movie of his that you like oh, the most? Movie of Nick Cage's. That's really tough. Um, had a movie come out literally two years ago called Mandy that I just I love. Uh, he's so good in it. Um, I also really love when he just like completely loses his mind on screen. So. Uh, a movie from like 2008 I think called Bad Lieutenant I also really enjoy I don't think either of those are very school appropriate so I can't exactly recommend that people go out and watch them but you know and find some clips of Nick Cage online you'll you'll have a good time as well um speaking about how um you're, you insp got inspired by your teachers I hear almost a lot of the teachers here from every podcast almost a lot of them that we interview they always talk about how they had um, solar, a polarizing teacher that sort of made them become a teacher. 
Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> I won't name names, but my uh, grade 10 and grade 12 social studies teacher, like, he, uh, I was very opinionated. I had a lot of opinions about uh, politics and the world and she did not share them and so basically uh, every assignment that she gave us especially any assignments that had to do with like writing an essay basically just took that on as a challenge <laughs> so uh yeah if uh if mr Dazlaw was the yin she was the yang for sure and um moving on to more fine arts questions for lynn osborne uh for those who don't know what courses does does the fine arts program lynn, lynn offer okay so uh, a lot like uh, I know this but I, I just got hired at Lillian Osborne this year and so when I when I came to the school I was kind of blown away by just how many different uh, different classes we offer so um, on the one side we've got like our visual arts uh, we've got drawing and applied graphic arts so those are all of our sort of visual arts courses um, we've got all of our performance art classes so a drama, musical theater, a tech theater. Uh, next year, we're going to be offering advanced acting, which is kind of like, um, yeah, more intensive sort of acting program for people who want to do like a full length play, but maybe don't want to do a musical. Um, we've got improv, uh, we've got choral music, uh, band, as band, drumline. Uh, let me think what else we've got. We've got dance. Um, digital music tar like i'm forgetting things but uh yeah it's it's a lot uh there's just like basically there's something that somebody is interested in and it has something vaguely to do with the fine arts then offer a, cor a course for it which is just awesome yeah and this is why lillian is such a great school it's super well-rounded it has almost full coverage in every single subject basically so Absolutely. anyone who goes to Lillian is basically going to be able to sort of find their passion through trying out new courses hmm totally yeah and speaking of which you know um I think like the fine arts program is definitely like one of like the main attractions at the open house you know like as soon as you walk in there's like lights blazing by the tech crew um set up by the tech crew there's like dances by the staircase and artwork displayed everywhere. And I think that's something that really encourages students to come to Lillian Osborne for sure. Yeah, 100%. Like, um, not that, not to say that like spectacle is the only sort of thing, but like it is really, really enticing and like just a real sort of testament to how talented the students are. And, um, but the, the other, you know, the other thing too is like, I know lots of students when they walk in and they see that sort of stuff like it can almost feel a little intimidating where it's like oh my god like this uh this place is just like popping off like i don't i don't think i can do this sort of thing but uh the other thing i've been really impressed with since coming to lillian osborne is that each of those different fine arts courses is like also extremely welcoming to people who have maybe never done these sorts of things before. So I think it really like strikes a good balance. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a good place to start for those who are just beginning to get into the arts as well. Um, so with that being said, um, what are some of the biggest challenges and accomplishments that um, the fine arts department has faced this year? Well, I mean, the, 
the extremely boring answer is, of course, coronavirus. Like most of our most of our uh, fine arts courses are full year, so like March, April, May is when we really start like amping up, and a lot of the things that students have been working on start to kind of become, uh, you know, polished and ready to present and. Oh, like we had a we had a play almost main that was ready to go literally the week after we uh went into quarantine so uh that's that's a little disappointing the students really worked hard on that and that one was student directed as well so it was like really something that they had put a lot of their time and effort and hurt into and just to not be able to get it off the ground was definitely disappointing um and you know like our, our musical Legally Blonde didn't end up happening either. Um, usually we have like a, a big art installation in the theater that happens in uh, May or June. And obviously that didn't happen either. So yeah, no, all the things that would have happened during that time and canceled, definitely a bit of a disappointment. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have seen or if you have, um, we kind of, decided not to just like be bummed out and cry in our basements but uh just try to put something together and so uh just this week we we put together the solitude and solidarity showcase which is uh kind of like a collection of um art pieces from across all of our different fine art strands uh kind of centered around that theme of you know we're all alone we're all separated but mm -hmm. we're also all in this together so that that's been a big success and that kind of came out of like earlier work that we had done um where we sort of as a department realized like oh we actually really work well together we all really have very similar sort of approaches and um we did this black history month event in february with the social studies department and um a bunch of the fine arts uh, areas kind of contributed to that and it was really cool and really successful and um really kind of like bridge those two worlds and uh that's that's something that you know is more about the process than it is about the product anyway so um that still like a lot of really good work that came out this year throughout throughout the year and uh you know despite not being able to get certain things up uh, like on their feet i think we came together and still created cool stuff yeah that's definitely amazing um uh, so um i i don't know about the other guys but for myself i saw the digital art showcase and it was really cool and um, i think it's a really good way for the fine arts community to end the year strong and i was wondering if you could explain what the showcase is for you know those who haven't seen it yet for sure so uh yeah kind of like i mentioned like we had this theme of solitude and solidarity and uh started off actually the funny thing is with this project it was started off by uh mr dawson who you might know is a foods teacher mostly but uh early in the year mr mcnally uh yeah other drama teacher at the school um off uh for hip surgery so uh, mr dawson stepped in and filled in for him for the for a couple of months and uh, just towards the end of when uh mr dawson was filling in for him he he suggested like early in the year we had these these other showcases that we would do in the theater once a month uh just you know, to let students kind of like show their talents and things like that 
and he was like it would be really awesome if we could do still do something like that um even though we are not in the school and so um originally the idea started with just the theme of like isolation but we kind of realized that that would be maybe a little too like negative and so we kind of workshopped it a bit and came up with this idea of solitude and solidarity and um then you know each of the teachers like would meet with their classes and sort of talk about like you know, from the perspective of visual art what does this theme look like or from the perspective of dance what is a way that we can sort of approach this and then you know students students are brilliant students are way more creative than we can ever be and so you know we create these little spaces for them to express themselves and and they go off and they make really cool stuff and uh so some of those pieces are you know very individual some of them are all the students in the class kind of working together on something like uh i don't know if you guys have seen the video of the of mr batke's guitar class where it's like each playing their instruments in their own house but then the magic of the internet and editing they are all playing together and so um yeah it's just like trying to find ways to address a theme where it's not just like we're not just going to talk about the theme but even just the way that the project comes together reflects the theme so uh yeah it's it's awesome like if you get a chance to check it out really cool work um and uh it's something that i think we're definitely going to be carrying forward next year and beyond is just continuing to like build off of themes that are important to students and making cool stuff yeah so correct me if i'm wrong but i think almost the entire fine arts program was involved in this digital showcase right yeah that's right yeah no that's awesome you know we find it really remarkable how um despite you know the fact that students couldn't even come together and be at school to learn these things they still persevered along with teachers um and we were managed and we were able to pull off this digital showcase um you know in replace of uh everything that's happened and also um you know kind of as a solution to what we normally would have at lillian osborne um you know during this time in the real art showcase in the theater yeah it's it's uh being a real testament to just how strong or staff and our students are that they like you said that they persevered right like it would have been very easy for people to check out during this time because coronavirus it's a it's not a great time it's kind of kind of a rough time for a lot of people and so yeah just like incredibly proud of everybody who together to make that happen Mm -hmm, truly um so it looks like our time is running a bit short and i think we're going to conclude our interview here um so thank you for taking the time to be our guest today and we are sure legends are looking forward to guessing what additional subjects you have under your belt <laughs> for next year. Oh, uh, yeah, you just wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we really appreciate your time and take care, Mr. Blackwell. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you, you, Mr. Blackwell. Thank you very much for coming to our podcast. Yeah, okay. Uh, be legendary, I guess. <laughs> all right, we will. You too. <laughs> thank Thanks, you. guys. Thank you all for coming to the fourth episode of The Lowdown. For more information about the 2020-2021 school year, tune in to the Lynn Osborne Instagram page for more updates. Absolutely. 
Unfortunately, this is the last episode for this year and probably the last episode for us. Unless we come back as future guests. You won't want to miss it. For the lowdown, I'm David Yao. And I'm Ryan Q. And on Facebook, I'm... Wait, Hanson, Hanson, stop. You did this for the last four episodes. And don't forget to be legendary.